It's time to get it, and you know how we get it. Americano! The podcast about all things business and personal growth with your host, Eric Vonheim. Today, I'd like to welcome Tiffany Brewster to the show. Tiffany, how are you doing? I am good. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. It's long overdue. So, uh, you know, Tiffany, I've known you for a number of years, but obviously been trying to contact your people to get you on the show. It's a bit of, of a difficulty. You seem to have multiple layers of assistance after assistant to get you on to this point where you're having this conversation. Well, you know, the struggle is real. The struggle is real with my schedule. So I'm so thankful that you, uh, you found your way to, to me. Absolutely. On on the cast. We navigated the waters, people, of Tiffany Brewster's schedule. Yes. So, Tiffany, where are you coming in to the conversation today from? Where are you at today? Well, today we are at the Omni La Costa in Carlsbad. So, right outside of San Diego. We are in for uh, a little bit of little bit of vacay and a little bit of work. Rob, my husband, uh, works in downtown San Diego, mm-hmm. and uh, for all you baseball fans out there, it's the all-star break right now, and so we are kid-free at the moment, so we're, I'm enjoying the resort and uh, taking a break from my crazy schedule. <laughs> nice, nice. So, and it's July. I mean, the weather's perfect. So, I mean, what's your experience so far being in the San Diego, Carlsbad area? Well, I feel like every time we come here, it's always weather, Russian roulette. You're never quite sure what you're going to get. Right. But for the most part, it's always mild and it's beautiful. The fog burns off and this resort's amazing. We're usually here with kids sitting at the um, kiddie pool watching yeah. kids go down the slide 478 times. <laughs> mom, mom. Sometimes we go down the slides 478 times. Um, but no, we love it here. And it's it's not hot. It's mild and kind of like all of California. All of California, <laughs> exactly. Well, welcome to Southern California. And for our audience, uh, for our listeners out there, where are you based out of? Where are you and your husband located in? Uh, we live in the East Bay. We are on the border of Walnut Creek and Lafayette um, in a little area they call Sarnap. Um, and love East Bay life. Yeah. It's, the best of the Bay Area, you get a little bit of that mountain kind of feel, and mm-hmm. then you've got you know right through the tunnel, you've got San Francisco and um, whole another world, whole another world, and then you whole know we're world. like we're thirty five minutes with no traffic to the city and forty minutes no traffic to Napa, so wow. we're really in the sweet spot of the East Bay. Right, so you can you can go to the city, have that whole experience, yeah. and then you can just come back to your sanctuary. And then when you need some wine, you just drive right up the street. Right up the street. Yeah. We, I it. mean, we, we live in the heart of, of good times. The heart, <laughs> the heart of good times. I the, like that. Yeah. Which is, ne- which is necessary. You need to be in a space, I feel, where you're enjoying life because, you know, you only get one shot at this. Well, it's very true. I think we talked about that earlier. Like, life's too short. You get one, you get one shot and... Um, you got to make it make it the best. So absolutely. So you mentioned that you're down here for a little bit of play with your husband, which is fantastic, uh, but also a little bit of work. So you're you're traveling with your husband for work, and then you're probably doing some work yourself. W- what might that be? Give our audience a little bit of background about yourself. So you and I know each other from high school. Yes. Let's just throw that out there. We have to put that out. We there. We have to put that out there. Um, we were in art class together, and. Uh, 
I'm pretty sure you made me cry a few times, but I was very sensitive and you were very sassy. We and will we will censor that part of the show out. <laughs> no, it's good. It's good. Look at us. Like, I, I don't consider myself um, overly close with anybody that I went to high school with, and except for you. And I think it's um, a testament to just the kind of person you are. And we, we clearly have a great friendship and it's very... Um, something that I value and it's turned into a little bit of a business relationship recently. And I've always had a passion for marketing event mm-hmm. planning. Um, my background is, uh, a little bit all over the, over the place. Um, I definitely did not take the easy route in any way, shape or form with career. Okay. Um, I'm a, I am a college dropout and I, at one point had four various jobs. I've worked, Retail. I was the gymnastics coach. Um, I worked for Starbucks. I've been a dog walker. You worked for Starbucks? I did. I love Starbucks. No way. <laughs> <laughs> I, you did not. They have a drink there called the Americano. Americano. That's the one. <laughs> well, here, I'll give you a funny Starbucks story. So I was. I was working at Nordstrom's and um, going to the College of San Mateo and doing some other stuff. And I was a friend of my, my roommate worked at Starbucks and, mm-hmm. you know, living in the Bay area is not cheap. And so I was like, I need another something to, okay. to fill in um, the gaps. And so she's like, Oh, come and work for Starbucks. So I did the 3am open the store 3am. So I would go in at 3am and I would open the store and the doors would open at like 435 and um, I was so excited, you know, you worked the register, I did the pastries, and, and mind you, this was a very long time ago. Um, I only got to make two coffees ever. Make two coffees. Now, now, when you say make two coffees, can you clarify? Are, are we talking about pouring the coffee? <laughs> like, or are we talking about they put you on the espresso machine? Um, <clears throat> the, the person that does the register usually gets the coffee and the pastries. I got to go to the espresso machine once. I think I burned two employees <laughs> <laughs> um, and broke part of the machine off. So they were like, yeah, you're, you can just do pastries. Just and do then pastries. I was, I would like get the coffee. Like somebody right. was like, oh, you know, decaf. I'm like. Which, or let's be, let's be clear first off, for the people out there drinking decaf, what are you doing? Right. What are you doing? Mm-hmm. I don't know. What are you doing? Like, I mean, it's like it's like ordering a cocktail with no booze. Yeah, yeah, non-alcoholic <laughs> beverages. Okay, yes. moving on. Let's. Okay, so, so, so you're sitting there. You so burn. When, you burn a couple of people. Yes. They put you back on pastries. So when I say I worked for Starbucks, I I worked the register at Starbucks for about three months in that in that early morning shift. Wow. Now, how? What time do you have to go to bed in order to wake up at three? You said you had to get up at three. To open the store at four? Yeah. Or? So I had to be there like at three thirty to open the store at four thirty. Okay. And people started coming in usually around five. And so you take this job on to make some extra cash. Yeah. Now it's my understanding Starbucks is actually a decent place to work. Oh, for. it was great. It was I worked part time there. I would work from three until I don't know, ten. And okay. then I would go to school from ten thirty until twelve thirty and then I would close at Nordstrom's from one to nine thirty. My gosh, you work at two of my favorite brands. <laughs> so, so basically, you're making money at Starbucks and you're spending it at Nordstrom. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I had I had to help the habit, and I got free Starbucks when I worked there. So I was 
heavily caffeinated. It got me through my day and we were good. Yeah. We were good. If you're working at Starbucks and you're asleep, uh, <laughs> I, I think you're missing the point of the establishment. You should be wide awake with you, all that caffeine. You definitely should. But it was probably, I was probably over caffeinated, which mm -hmm. is why the espresso machine and I were not friends. It was not just friends. too much. I was, you know, had the shakes and yeah. <laughs> probably so, under like not enough sleep too. So yeah. all the good stuff. So what's, what's it like managing two different jobs like that? So actually at the time, um, I also was doing event planning and okay. that's kind of getting into like what my passion kind of is, is, mm -hmm. um, I was uh, assisting um, somebody that planned benefit events for okay. professional athletes. So, so managing, I actually was managing, trying to manage three jobs and school. Okay. Um, and essentially what happened was um, school went away and mm -hmm. um, I just- Because the work, the work overtook everything. The work overtook everything. And okay. I, was, I was happy. I really enjoyed, um, I love sales. I love people. I enjoyed- um, the hustle okay. and I was, you know, early twenties. So I had the energy at that time mm -hmm. and that kind of all kind of set me on a trajectory of like, I'm a working girl. Like this right. is what I'm going to do. And, um, I definitely value education, but I also know I, I, I took a path of, of not having that. And so I had mm -hmm. to overcome some hurdles. So I think, you know, do, juggling all of the jobs definitely taught me just a work ethic that was different right. from, I think, people who have one job or, you know, that, that right. do kind of the, like, this is what I'm going to do and mm -hmm. this is where I'm going. And um, so it kind of, it led me down a different path. And I appreciate those times where I put in the extra work. Yeah. Um I certainly played hard at the same time. I mean, in your early 20s and you're trying to figure it out and wanting to <laughs> to wear the clothes from Nordstrom exactly. that you're selling and um, being around professional athletes in that aspect, there was just, there was a lot going on, but it, it taught me to grow up pretty fast. Like right. it just taught me a responsibility. Um, and that's, I mean, that's what the twenties are for. Yeah, no, it was, right. it was definitely an eye opener for me. I didn't, mm. I don't feel like I had, I don't feel like that was necessarily ingrained in me when I was younger. Hard work was always ingrained in me. I was a competitive gymnast and, hard worker in school it was always expected and right. so that carried through and that's good but um yeah trying to figure out how to juggle two or three jobs mm -hmm. I also dog walked in between I mean it was it was like if you if you were going to offer me money to do something I was like sure I'll do it <laughs> <laughs> sure you know sometimes you never know how these things are related I remember reading a, um, a Steve Jobs biography and it, in that particular biography, it talked about how Steve Jobs uh, had taken a calligraphy class, and I believe it was in a community college. And at the time, he identified the fact that he's taken this calligraphy class, not understanding how it would be connected to any particular thing that he was trying to achieve. He took it because he was just interested in fonts and art and these type of things. What's interesting is later on, fast forward, when he had built out, uh, you know, contributed to the interface of the Macintosh, they were one of the first in that particular field to have beautiful, rich fonts. And, he, and calligraphy was one of them. Yes, and Steve Jobs it. referenced the fact that he had taken a calligraphy class, really fell in love with the typography, 
and wanted that to be a part of the operating system. So the, the point being is that sometimes we pursue paths and we take on different things where we don't understand how they're going to be connected to something later on in life, but the world works in interesting ways. Oh, gosh. I, I, I am 100% connected in that way in that story. I mean, talk about, yeah, like where you think that you, you know what you're doing and then the next thing you know, it turns into something completely different. And, um, and yet part of it. Right. So it's the spider web of, of life, you know, or what is it like, you know, sometimes this, and this is me and my sayings, um, sometimes the, the path isn't the straight line, but it's the squiggly line and it's the off paths that actually are the ones that get us to where we really want to go. And that's definitely like, I mean, Nordstrom, Starbucks. And then when I was working at Nordstrom's, I met the lady who I was working for. Like she, she loved how I was selling for her and how I treated her as a customer at Nordstrom's. And she was the one that brought me on to her event planning company. Really? Yeah. I, I was, I sold her an outfit for an event she had planned. And she said, gosh, like, would you ever want to, you know, this is what, you know, I work in this industry. Would you ever be interested? And it took me a whole nother, a whole Whole nother nother path, a whole nother direction. And, um, I worked with her for quite a few years. Um, I did four or five Super Bowls. Um, I worked for Holly Rodney and Rodney Pete or Holly Robinson and Rodney Pete, um, and their foundation, the Holly Rod foundation, they would do, um, a celebrity, uh, fashion show. Okay. Every year the Saturday before Super Bowl and all the proceeds would go to breast cancer awareness. Um, and so they, I was working with this woman, Denise Miller, and, um, she was connected with them. And then I also did various events for, um, Oakland readers. I don't know if you know Tyrone Wheatley. I mean, these are like, it's like now I'm really, now you're knowing what, what years I was doing this. So, um, and then that kind of, um, actually 9-11 happened okay. and the whole kind of um, charity event industry just took a dive because the economy was just so, so bad. And right. so um, at that point, I was still working at Nordstrom's. Nordstrom's was struggling as well. And um, I had to take a different route of my career at that point uh, because of the economy and I also had a knee injury and working retail was kind of wearing on me. So difficult. it was really difficult. And so I ended up applying for a job um, through a family member at the time um, for AIG. And AIG insurance. Insurance. And so I took my event planning, my sales, and, and within Nordstrom's, I, I worked in, I was a manager in kids wear. I managed cosmetics. I did, uh, I worked in their um, savvy department. So I, I did everything at, like adult clothing, high fashion, kids clothing, and then I ended in cosmetics. Okay. And so I took all of that kind of management and sales, um, training that I had, and then also the event planning side. And I went and applied for, I essentially was, um, an assistant to the national accounts manager for AIG San Francisco. And she oversaw all of the national accounts, which was like any account, your fortune 500 companies. Okay. And what she did was it was commercial line insurance is super boring, but I am a total insurance nerd too. Like it's, it's something that I've 
for some reason still am passionate about. I'm like, I love talking about insurance, but um, I was, I was helping her. I essentially got hired to be her assistant, but I was helping her plan events for these clients, run meetings for her. Okay. And um, sometimes she'd forget to take her kids to school and I would do that. Um, <laughs> shh, don't tell anybody. Um, sorry, Ellen. I love you. <laughs> um, so, uh, so that actually was probably a big pivotal moment because mm-hmm. that was at, at a time where, you know, I was starting to quote unquote be a grown up. Right. And Enter that solid career trajectory. Yes, yeah. 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 And I was there for a year and then, um, ended up moving to Kansas city and becoming, um, a business development associate. And so I was doing sales and marketing and business development for nice. commercial lines and then became an e-commerce manager. Um, so yeah. this, this is sort of what sort of, uh, took you down this path of uh, a little bit of marketing. Yeah. That was sort of the early yeah. stages of that. Well, and, and when I was with national accounts, um, I would basically plan like their ski events and okay. various like, um, corporate functions meetings. And, and I did all the coordination for them. In fact, when I moved to Kansas city, my, <laughs> I, and I was moving on, um, in my career, my boss called me and she's like, I need you to take the week off to come and do the ski event again. And I'm like, Ellen, I can't do that. Like I'm working for AIG. I can't like take time off to come <laughs> and work for AIG. And, it, but I did it. I actually did. You made it. it happen. I did because she was the reason that my career took the turns that it did. And I was, ex- I, I got very, a lot of exposure in, with, in the company, mm-hmm. um, with company presidents and various things that, that helped launch me because I didn't have, you know, the piece of paper for, um, saying, Oh, you graduated from college. Graduated so from college. I, I had to overcome kind right. of that, that, um, that hurdle. But, uh, it, and then from there, I even, I, I got into e-commerce. So I helped market our online platforms and mm-hmm. I'm just now having the calligraphy connection right, right. now with what, what I'm going to, uh, long story miserable, as I say, kind of the connection of the online marketing, because here I am today. Um, I've n- not really been what I would say working okay. in the conventional sense the last six years. Um, I, you know, lived in Kansas City, moved back to California, mm-hmm. and um, I've been just trying to figure out what do, what do I want to do next? Right. What do, what's the next stunt for me? And my last year in Kansas City, I, I was went to the broker side. I left AIG and tried to yeah. become a broker. I worked in an environmental sense. I worked um, with firearms insurance, uh, various, very strange, but yet specific marketing and, and, and lines of business. And I was just so ready to leave. I was like, I'm done with this. And so when I came back to California, I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. And you know, I love social media. I I do. I, I, what do you love most about it? I mean, at at its foundation, do you like more of the, uh, the consumer, the personal touch point side, or do you like the more of the business side? What is it for you? I love the connection. Mm -hmm. I love how it brings people together. I love the positive side of it. I try not to think about, I know there's a lot of bad sides to it, but I love the connection. I love to see um, somebody succeed or somebody's, you know, their their kid's first day of school. Um, I do love the business side of it too. I love to see what people are doing and how they're getting their brands out there. I love seeing brands evolve and change. So um, I think as, you know, as a consumer as well, I love the ease of seeing 
what's available out there and how quickly I can get to it with one click. Yep. Um, my bank account doesn't like that, but um, <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, I, I just, I really, I enjoy it. And then I, there's the part of it where I love photos. Like I yeah. just, I take so many photos, my kid, my dog, my family, my husband, my friends, like I, I just like that. Sharing that. I love sharing, sharing, sharing life. Stuff. Yeah. I yeah. love sharing life. I love sharing stories. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the last few years I've definitely been trying to figure out like where, where, what can I do with right. this? I definitely have a creative side too. I enjoy creating things. I enjoy, um, connecting other people yes. to other things and, people that I love or care about or something that I'm passionate about. And so here we are <laughs> again, long story, miserable. Um, I am now working with you at yeah. um, turned up media and getting to get that online education that I've wanted in the sense of learning all of the various platforms and how they're integrated with business and how to create, um, marketing and, um, uh, marketing and, and digital sharing of, of information. And I guess you could call it advertising too. Mm -hmm. I I think, I think that's probably the right word, but I just, um, I had all these, I've had all these ideas over and over and over and again. And I keep realizing that, you know, I really don't know what I'm doing. And so Mm. you've given me an opportunity to learn about the various platforms and I'm super excited and, um, I like where it's going. And so that's, that's my, that's my job now. Is well, you're doing a wonderful job uh, on a side note. And, uh, you know, to your point about, you know, what some of the benefits in terms of just sharing experience, I, I think in many ways, that's the true beauty of the platforms. And of course, there's always going to be those bad actors and a lot of that negativity. But right. when you set that aside and you look at its core of what it's actually doing, it, it really is amazing how it has connected um, this world that we live in. Uh, in, a, in a level that has never been possible. You know, I mean, you now have so much information at your fingertips. You can quickly see what's going on in people's lives that they, where they care to share. You can be informed, you can participate in the conversation. And, and it's, it's really remarkable how fast things have moved in the world economy as a result of these social media platforms. It's incredible. It's incredible. I think about, so my son is 10 years old um, and I also have a 19 year old stepdaughter. And I just think about the last six years, specifically um, when I came in to kind of my stepdaughter's life and also watching my son be such a part of this digital movement. And um, I mean, truly like he, you know, he had an iPad when he was three or two and, and this, this, um, digital generation, so to speak. And I actually learned a lot from my stepdaughter watching like the various apps that she was going on, like when she was 13, 14, and now she's 19 and, and how much it's evolved and changed in like such a short amount of time. Yes how quickly the technology is changing. And then even watching my son go from being five years old and, you know, most five-year-olds don't know what Snapchat was, but he had an older sister. So, mm-hmm. you know, understanding the digital age. And and um, I take a different approach as a parent. I think it's really important for our kids to be exposed to these things, to learn how to navigate them themselves. And um, so my son 
last year really wanted a YouTube channel. And we kept kind of going back and forth because I thought about like, oh, you know, it was like when our daughter wanted Instagram, or, you know, my stepdaughter wanted Instagram and, um, you know, I didn't have, I didn't have a lot of say in it, but it's, you're scared for them, right? There's just, there's a safety concern. There's a safety concern. And yet there's also, I feel like I feel responsible for my kids to be up on technology. Like I want my son to learn how to evolve with technology as he's growing up. I think it's super important as opposed to like keeping him away from it until it's now at a thing where he has to be right. on it and, and comfortable with it. And, and, and now it's like, not, I'm just making it not a very taboo thing. And I've really seen just a positive impact for my son um, being a little bit on a social platform. Now he wants an Instagram. He's not going to have an Instagram right now. Like that's not an age appropriate at this point, but he he'll do this, his YouTube videos about his Fortnite or this or that. And I've been very, um, I've been giving him a lot of responsibility because I feel like that's so important. And I think as adults where we kind of, are, we're all trying to navigate the how much is too much time. Right. Like we're we, still trying to figure it out. We're still trying to figure it out. And I and I think too, um, the the self regulation of how much you're on it or how much you're not on it or what you use it for can be extremely productive. It can be extremely counterproductive. It can be a time suck. But you know, I think it, it's not going anywhere. This right. is this is this is our reality and I like using the platforms and learning how to use the platforms for a positive message. I like helping companies get their message out there because there's so many people too that are not used to using social media as a platform for digital marketing. Exactly. They, they don't, I mean, you and I've had this conversation many times about, you know, the misperceptions sometimes Mm -hmm. of it being a professional tool as opposed to, a playground kind exactly. of kind of yeah. thing. So, yeah. And you know, you, as I think about what you shared around you having your son on there and YouTube channel, you know, there's some other benefits that um, are just sort of natural byproducts. I mean, you're, you're by having a YouTube channel and building some confidence with recording content. I mean, you're establishing some other s- sort of foundational skills, the ability to communicate, present. And these are things that are going to be um, beneficial as he becomes a young you know, budding entrepreneur or goes to work for another corporation where you're going to have to be able to communicate, you're going to have to be able to present. And so I think it's fantastic, even at a very young age to lay that foundation. Thank you. Not everybody has that opinion, (laughs) (laughs) but it is, I mean, you have, you have to do what you got to do and and what's right for, for one is not always right for the other. It, it has given him a lot of confidence as well as skills. Like the bottom line too is again, technology is not going anywhere. So he, his big thing right now that he was so proud of, and I'm, I'm right there parallel with him is he's starting to learn how to edit. And here I am. He's editing the content. He's starting to learn how to edit and, and put a little, you know, a star, you know, or, you know, the writing, you know, he can write his name. That's fantastic. and, And it's great. And here I am, you know, 40 year old mom slash, you know, digital marketing. And I'm learning the same thing. I'm learning how like 
you know, I can have a conversation with him. Like, that's not visually pleasing. Like you want your, you want your audience to want to watch it. And, and then I'm over here, you know, getting ready to publish a story or publish a, a, a feed or something and doing the same thing. And that like the skills that he's learning at 10 years old are going to continue to be relevant as he gets older. Um, and I have friends that are, I have a friend that's a high school, high school teacher and you know, the kids in high school these days, they have to do digital presentations. Everything, everything is digital. And so why not give your kid an edge to teach them now how to use the system, how to be safe on it, how to, how to, um, market themselves. Absolutely. Which, which is something that's not going to go away. No. You know, I, I think that uh, parents such as yourself that are investing the time in their children's future around teaching them how to communicate, how to market themselves, how to deal with these technologies appropriately, you're, you're giving them an advantage. Yeah. You're giving them an advantage. So I love the fact that it's not taboo and you're, you're sort of figuring out what's appropriate given the time of the year, the age and the platform, what we're trying to accomplish. But at the same time, it's going to also feed Um, some potential interest. The fact that, you know, if he's already doing some, what we call post-production editing, (laughs) I mean, that could turn into a studio job and that could be a whole nother career for him. So I think that's wonderful that you're doing that. Well, thank you. And I know where this conversation's kind of, um, as most of my conversations are in general, uh, I've opened about eight chapters in, in one city. Fantastic. (laughs) So, but, but I do, I do think that like kind of to circle back to where we started mm-hmm. is, you know, we all start on a path and we think we're, we know what we're going to do and, and we think we know where we're going. And there's these little, these little, little minute changes yep. or slight right turns and left turns that bring us um, kind of to where we're going and whatever we pick up along the way can tend to, if you listen to it and you, and you, you hold on to it and you leave behind the stuff that you don't need and you take it into each next step. That that's truly what I think life is supposed to be. And, um, it can lead you to, to where you, you find who your, who your best self is. Your well said, well said, absolutely. hundred percent agree with you on that. So switching gears. So there's three questions I'd like to ask all of my guests on the show. And, uh, uh, they're just three random questions here okay. towards the end, and uh, we'll see how you do. Right. So, so the right. first question is, uh, if you only had one country to visit, I mean, the only one more country you can go to, where would it be and why? I think I, I, think I, would, I, think I want to go to Greece. I just... Greece. Yeah, I, I feel like that's a really boring answer because um, there's so many other, there's so many other countries that I want to go to, but I don't Barcelona, Greece. I don't know. Spain, Spain, and I don't know. I can't. <laughs> so, so no. you said Greece. I mean, Greece I said was Greece. Your, I'll say Greece. You're stick with fine. Greece. Sure. So, so, why would you want to go to Greece? Because um, it looks beautiful, and I hear my kids say that they want to go to Greece all the time. So it's just kind of in in my head. In your head. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. There, it, there it is. Okay, and if you could give. So, next question is: If you could give a book recommendation, what would be the recommendation, and why? And it could be a past book that you really enjoyed. It could be something that you're currently reading, something you recently read. But what is that one book that has been impressionable to you that you would recommend to somebody and why? Um, this is going to sound really strange. Um, 
but the diary of a wimpy kid. Um, I have been reading this book series with my son and it has been the most connecting thing. Like we just connected on so many levels reading that book together. And so, you know, I, I'd like to say it's some great like self-help book or some amazing romance novel, but it's not the diary of a wimpy kid brought me back to my childhood and, uh, it also had so many like references of parenting in it where I just, I would be laughing and my son would have no idea why I was laughing, but it just, it was, it just, it reminded me of my childhood. It reminded me of parenting and it connected me and my son. So, um, yeah. Diary of a Wimpy Kid. I love it. <laughs> last question. What is the last random act of kindness towards another human being that you did and how did it make you feel? This is very strange. I'm a big walk my cart all the way back to the grocery store person. I just feel like that's something that you can do for the employees of the store. And it may not be like a specific random act of kindness to a specific person, but I just feel like it's being a good citizen. And um, I I really, 90% of the time, I, I take my cart all the way back to the store. Well, I'm sure they greatly appreciate that, especially when it's raining outside, right? Yeah. <laughs> and you have to chase those cars. Yeah, I do. I Especially at the grocery store, I'm very much a take it all the way back. I take it back. I love it. Fantastic. So and last question, where can people find you online, Tiffany? Um, I am on Instagram at Tiffany Faith Brewster and Twitter at TF Designs. Um, you can also find uh, my son's YouTube channel at Billy Tubes. <laughs> Uh, exclamation point, exclamation point. I make a few appearances on there and then LinkedIn. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate having you on the show. Thank you so much, Eric. I really appreciate being here.